The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There's a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father. A mother against her daughter and a daughter against her mother. A mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. Uh, there's a classic saying out there that I probably couldn't get away with at a parish. I don't know, um, for some of the young kids that I see here tonight, maybe some earmuffs, I don't know. Uh, but the classic saying I think I can get away with here in a college campus is, damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's a classic statement that I think we live out each day, right? If you do, you'll be condemned by the world. Cast out, left alone. If you don't, you have to deal with the fear of eternal damnation. It's something that we face every time, and this, this division that exists comes as not just a result of sin, but also as a result of the choice for Christ. So something that, that applies to our day-to-day, even moment-to-moment experience is something that Jeremiah was well-versed with. And he was tasked by God to go to, to the king to tell him that for all these choices that you're making as a nation, there's a consequence. And unless you're converted, you're going to be destroyed. To the point where he gets today, where he has to tell them, as the Babylonian army is approaching to actually destroy them, he tells them the news from God that actually if you bow your heads down, give up, you'll actually be able to retain your land. And it's so unpopular, it's contrary to the culture, it's contrary to the nation. They say he's not looking out for the welfare of the nation. And so he's damned, condemned by these people, thrown into the abyss, thrown into a pit with no water, no food. He's thrown in there because if he, he's damned if he does and, and tells them the truth, and he is if he doesn't in terms of his relationship with God. But he decides to persist in the will of God anyway. And for all of us, this tension in life that Jeremiah experiences is the same for us. Because, let's be honest, no matter what we choose, we're all stuck in the mud in the end. The result seems the same. If we choose the whims of the world, it seems like we're going to gain what we want. But, uh, you know, as they, we always say in seminary, uh, sin doesn't make you unique. Everyone thinks that their serious sin makes them unique. <laughs> Once we reach out for the things of the world, in the end, the evil one pegs us with that shame. He says, how could you do that? The shame and the burden of the sin that we chose. If we choose to do God's will, which is unpopular to the world, we're cast out. We even have, sometimes have to choose the very division. Separate our, ourselves from our family, even at times. And so this darkness and division that we experience 
tells us that Jesus isn't off his rocker today when he says in the gospel, I didn't come to give you peace, but I came rather for division. Now, is Christ saying he doesn't want us to live in unity? He wants us to live alone and divided? No, that's contrary to his very nature. But he knows the cost of choosing to not only follow him, but to even be close to him. Christ recognizes that, and he, he, he recognizes that since he is our hope and our salvation, in order for us to choose that hope and salvation, it's going to put us at odds with others. It's going to put us at odds with the world. It takes a radical decision to accept that. And so while we will be cast off by the world if we choose Christ, if we make that decision for him, as the author of Hebrews says today, if we persevere in casting off the burden of sin, the shame that comes with it, if we're, if we're choosing sacrifice, as I talked about last week, over comfort, then no matter the mud that we're stuck in, we're living for something greater. He says at the end, resist to the point of shedding blood. If we seek the the conversion that's necessary in all of our lives, my own included, if we seek that conversion, we'll experience a spark, a spark that will set us on fire, a fire that, that doesn't hurt us, but a fire that helps us to purge sin from our life and a fire that sets us aflame to be consumed by God's very love. Once this fire's been struck within our hearts, then we have to do something about it. Right? It, it allows us to be a witness, then a witness of hope. A witness of conversion to those that knew us before and now know us after. The witness to others that this conversion doesn't leave them alone, but rather puts them on a team that is able to endure this tug of war that we experience daily. And for 40 people in the 4th century, they knew exactly what this holy friendship looked like. Because they were subject to death for their Christian faith by the Roman emperor. Cast out, maybe you've heard the story before, but cast out into this frozen lake, there was a hole cut out for these 40 guys. And they could see on the shore the fires that warmed the Roman baths. All they had to do was to renounce their faith, and they could go and find life again. So enduring this, one finally had enough. He broke off, he jetted across the frozen lake, went to the Roman bath, jumped in, and the shock killed him almost instantaneously. But a guard who had subjected them to this very death, watching the witness of the 39 who were living for a hope that could only be achieved through that great sacrifice, saw Christ through their witness, and himself recognized that if he didn't make a radical decision for Christ, he'd be subject to the same death, albeit a slow one. Now, damnation if he didn't choose God. So he joined them, and all 40 of them died together, becoming this, the martyrs of San Sebastian. So my brothers and sisters were all called to be a people of hope. Recognize that what you will gain through a radical conversion to Christ, a radical breaking from sin, a, a radical breaking from maybe your normal way of operating, is a hope that actually brings you into union with Christ and to others. To be that cloud of witnesses, as we heard in the second reading today. It makes you into a saint. And so let us ignite then from this conversion a a purity of heart, moving away from the sin that has confounded us, the shame that the evil one has made us place our identity in. Also move beyond that and recognize our baptismal gift, 
our baptismal identity as being sons and daughters of God, then we can recognize the great freedom that we're called to and the great life. We have to resist that lie of the evil one, that we're damned if we do and damned if we don't. Don't give in to that. Don't give up amidst sin because that is not what defines you. Your identity as sons and daughters of God is what does. So embrace that identity. Live from this and together we can bring those who are damned to the world, those who maybe feel damned by the decisions that they've made in their life, to a greater hope. To even save those who maybe are on that path. To bring them back to the fold so that we no longer have to live as divided, as isolated, as shamed by our sin, but we can live as ones redeemed, brought into the fold of Jesus Christ, brought into a salvation and brought into the fire of God's love. A love that is merciful, a love that is all-consuming, and a love that above all else is joyful.